Welcome back to the True Transformation Podcast. This is your host, Josiah Novak. And on today's episode, I have one of my longtime clients and actually the COO of True Transformation, the guy behind the scenes, behind the curtain. His name is Jay Michael, and he is not only a client and a coworker, but he is also a great friend of mine. And over the past couple years, um, Jay Michael has basically gone through every possible phase inside of the true transformation. He's made an incredible physical transformation. And then coming into work for the team behind the scenes, he's helped true transformation grow to new levels year after year that he's been a part of the team. So I want to have him on the show because he's got an interesting take on setting up his nutrition for success. We call it dinner first, and it's basically reverse engineering your nutrition game plan starting with dinner, which is typically where most people struggle. And it makes sense, right? After a long day of work, dealing with the kids, dealing with stress, you want to come home, you want to kick your feet up, and you want to just eat something to lower your stress, relax, and feel good. And so the evening hours are typically when people find that they get into trouble when it comes to their nutrition. But J. Michael has been able to use that to his advantage. And he's planned out his day starting with his dinner so that he knows he's got something waiting for him that's going to handle all the boxes that he wants to check, which is less stress, satisfying meal, feeling satiated, and also enjoying food to the max. So I want you to take some notes for the next 30 minutes or so, kick back and enjoy my conversation with Mr. J. Michael Fisher. What's up, brother? All right, man. So it's been, uh, I don't know how long it's been necessarily, but you've you've been through, I think, every possible part of true transformation over the past, at least it's been almost three years at this point, right? Absolutely. I, I like to think of myself as your guinea pig now at this point. <laughs> well, not. I mean, I would say it's, it's a little more important than a guinea pig being the okay. CEO. <laughs> <laughs> I met I met with the true transformation itself. I'm I work behind the scenes here and, and help you do your magic. But I mean, I feel like from a from a physical and a dietary standpoint, I feel like I'm your guinea pig. Sometimes you test it on me. So absolutely, absolutely. I would say, and this isn't just uh, to hype you up on on the podcast, but um, I told you this privately. I, I I would say if I'm ranking my favorite transformations that have been a part of you know TT over the years. Um, you're, you're definitely, if you're not the top one, you're on the Mount Rushmore of, of, of transformations. Wow. Wow. And, and, I, and I'll say it because this is important for people to hear, you know, transformation isn't necessarily a one-time thing, right? Um, there's going to be different, different chapters of your journey. Fitness is never ending as we say here, but it's been really cool to see you come in number one, and we'll talk more about it here in a second, but number one with some preconceived uh, bias around what you think is going to work for you. See you go through the process of unlearning some things and then relearning some things, but then really becoming like a mad scientist of your of yourself, right? And going through, you know, not just losing fat, not just learning how to keep it off, but then restructuring, rebuilding your physique, and then tearing away some more fat and seeing the hard work you put in, in the gym. And now, you know, being able to maintain it, I'd say rather effortlessly is pretty, pretty cool to watch. Um, so you joined in and we're going to let's talk about the details of what happened. So you joined in. What was the actual sign up date for, for client for becoming? I, a client? I, 
I think it was March of 21. So I'm a, you know, finance executive. I, you know, I, I, every year right around March, you get that, you get that big fat bonus, you know, that we work towards, you know, so hard. And the one thing that I've made the commitment for myself is to make an investment every year, right? Whether it be a speaking coach, whether it be a life coach, whether it be something. And, you know, my wife would tell you that I've always been on a diet and that I lived in the gym. And, um, I kind of felt like a little bit of a fraud, you know, because I'd show up at the pool party and I'd still have the gut. I could never have the abs. And for the amount of work that I put in, I didn't have the results. So I said, you know, I really, I really feel strongly about hiring a, a coach. And, um, you know, I hunted around, I, I talked to some of the best that are out there that I, that I had known. And then, um, I came across you and I felt kind of a kindred spirit, someone that I feel like I look at it with business, right? As I only want to be able to do business with people I would actually want to break bread with. And I said, the only person I want to work with is someone that I feel like I could be friends with and, and, and have similar viewpoints on. So that's what I said. Whatever he tells me to do, I'm just going to do it. And here I am today. Yeah, I think that's important, too, because a lot of people uh invest in different programs and then they fight against the direction that they're given and i think as you know guys like us who are uh, for lack of a better term you know elite hard-working guys you know we have big egos right but when it comes to why we're successful oftentimes it's because we're able to put that ego to the side and we're able to say like i'm literally just going to be you know, the, the Luke Skywalker to the, to the Yoda, right. I'm going to listen. It, it may not necessarily be what I want to hear all the time, but I'm willing to be open-minded and take direction and just trust the process, you know, learn. And at worst case doesn't work, but Hey, nothing's been working. So I might as well give this a shot. So and I think it's been, uh, I'm sorry. I was just going to oh, say, good. I think it's also become like full circle for me, which is probably one of the coolest things to comment on something you said before was for me, as I, I said, okay, whatever my coach tells me, I'm just going to do. And then once I figured it out and the proof was there, I'd actually come back to you and said, okay, Josiah, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And you go, dude, you know what you're doing? Why are you asking me? And I was like, <laughs> ah, finally, Finally, Yoda has given me the blessing to to, bless to, go you. to prosper. Yeah. I've thrown holy water on you. Yes. Um, so let's break down where we started because this is we're, we're going to talk about dinner first, which is your your uh, what, what I consider to be a really awesome and exciting uh, way of looking at nutrition and just how to set up your lifestyle. Um, but let's start about let's start back at about the beginning right with with starting with tt you came in i always joke around with you and i say like you came in and thought okay carbs are making me fat right like yeah. that's that's my biggest nemesis is this the damn carbs i'm putting all this work in the gym and i'm carb sensitive that's why i'm overweight so let's start with that what was the and we'll generalize and kind of summarize some of the early stuff that we did but let's talk about the the first phase of tt which was primarily focused on losing body fat yeah, I mean, I think what for me, it was just information overload, right? You know, you type into, uh, you know, Google, hey, how do I lose fat? And you'll get everything from you should be keto, you should be carnivore, you should eat tons of fat, you should eat tons of carbs. And I feel like I went down all different things and different paths. And then if it didn't work within two or three weeks, then I would change to something else. And I would just kind of hop along and then Oh, I better throw in some high intensity interval training on top of that and then run on the treadmill two hours a day. And, you know, for me, I just said, OK, I'm going to clear everything. 
I'm not going to, you know, go down the internet rabbit holes here. I'm just going to see what somebody has to say. And I think one of the powerful things that you said to me was said, dude, you lift weights four to five days a week and you're getting in a decent amount of cardio. Why would you be carb sensitive? Like you're not sitting on a couch, just like doing nothing. Like your body needs energy. And I said, touche, that's a good point. <laughs> and, and, you know, for me, the bit, first thing was, is I just had to trust the process and say, okay, we're going to bring my fats down to like a normal uh, kind of a level. And then let's increase carbs and see what happens. And it was, I mean, it, it almost was magical. What, what ended up happening was just magical. Like I finally started to just lose fat, you know, in a nice, healthy, but a rapid, you know, rapid pace. And I felt better than I ever felt in my life, which was crazy. Yeah. And one thing I want to hit on too is uh, how you stayed accountable, right? Because this is, this is really why people invest in coaching is number one to collapse time, right? They want to get clarity. Uh, we can waste a ton of time spinning our wheels, trying to do it on our own. But if we do the math in our head and we're like, all right, how much is an hour of my time worth? Okay. It's worth X amount of dollars. This could take me 50 to a hundred hours to figure out on my own versus one hour a week with somebody for however long, three, six, 12 months, you know, it's, it's a fraction of the time. So I would say the number one thing that I saw from you was you were on my call every week that I do with our clients, right? You were asking good questions and then you were taking the direction, implementing it, and then checking in on a very regular basis with what was going on pretty much every single week. I can't remember a week that you didn't check in. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, it's, you know, we have something here in the true transformation we call 21 strong, right? It's, it's habit forming, right? That's what it comes down to three weeks of, of solid habit forming. And we have our clients report in and say, Hey, this is what we did. I think I did 90 days strong. I literally sent the email. <laughs> I think you're every, still going actually. I don't think you I might, you might still get my email every day where I, I, you know, for me, it was like, I'm a type A personality, you know, high level business guy. I like to check the box. So for me, I felt, I felt good when I could, you know, at the end of the day, it was like eight o'clock at night and I'd send the email. I got my steps in, my nutrition was on point and I got my workout in if it was assigned to me. And really it was as simple as that. Right. And I had the accountability there where I said to myself, if I'm going to make an investment, then I'm going to be damn well sure that I make sure that I hit it every single day and it was just aggressive patience and consistency that's all it was yep I, I i'd agree with you on that so we have our 3m system rocking and rolling at this point right we have you hitting a daily step target a daily calorie protein target and doing your workouts you know four or five times a week religiously so we got to simplify but then this is what i typically see happen with a lot of guys like yourself who come in who have been battling you know weight issues over the years who've been also in the gym you know, and maybe not as consistent as they want to be because maybe times are, are frustrating at, at points where you're like, man, I'm doing all this work. So you give the gym a break for a while or whatever. But ultimately, gym has been probably the most consistent part. You've built some muscle, but you kind of come in with this preconceived notion of like, hey, I'm just going to lose a little bit of weight and I'm going to get pretty ripped and I'm going to be like, you know, guy walking around feeling jacked, feeling lean. And what ends up happening is you do strip away all the body fat, but underneath that is not as much muscle as you maybe thought you had, right? And you're like, okay, I got really lean. Like I remember, uh, I think it was the first time you did a photo shoot with me was uh, the early part of 2022. Was it early Dude. part? Of 
Yeah. Yeah. So it would have been right after I first kind of leaned out for the first time. Yeah. You got super, like, super lean to the point where you could see ab definition. Like, you were, you know, in good shape. Like, for, I mean, not just good, like, compared to the average guy. You were well above average in terms of, you know, how lean and, and ripped you were. But you were like, yeah, I just don't feel, I don't feel like as, as muscular as I want to be. Right. And this is where, I, you know, I, I think a lot of guys struggle is they, they get to the abs. It's almost like they get to the top of the mountain and they're like, huh, that wasn't, it was cool. Like, I'm glad I did this. Like I finally got control over losing body fat. Yes. That victory has been won, but the realization of, well, this doesn't stop here kind of kicks in. And sometimes it's a little, I mean, just to be real, it's a little depressing for some guys, right? Cause they're like, shit, I thought this was like it, you know? And the truth of the matter is you should be excited because there's always another chapter, another adventure, another goal to, to go after. And in your case, we decided that it was time to put on some serious muscle. And this is kind of where, at least from my perspective, I started to hand over the reins to you a bit and kind of say, hey, you know what, bro? Like, you you know enough now. Like, at this point, just so everybody knows, we made a decision, too, because of our our, our business connection, our, our like-minded way of thinking, and just our relationship that had grown. I wanted to bring you into TT, and you had expressed interest in coming into TT uh, behind the scenes and actually join um, you know, our executive team to help grow our brand and expand our, expand our reach. So you would come in at that point. Right. Um, and this, this, uh, first photo shoot was at an live event that we do every year called TT live. And I remember seeing your physique and being very proud of your progress, but I could tell, I could tell you were like, you were kind of looking at me like side-eyed, like, yeah, I gotta add some muscle, bro. <laughs> yeah. I always think it's funny, just a quick, quick aside though. So like the first TT live, our first photo shoot we ever did together, I put together this whole event for you. And it was actually the first time I met you in person. And I, <laughs> I remember like the one thing that was made me feel really good is I remember we worked out, we did a great workout your brother was there. We had a, we had a great time. And then afterwards we went up to the hotel to get changed and, and I had to take off my shirt in front of you. And you said to me, you know, like, you know, sometimes I see people in person and I don't think, you know, the transformation isn't as impressive. Like mm -hmm. you really did the work, bro. And I was like, that was for me, it was like the first time where I felt good. But to your point, I feel like you do hit the top of the mountain and I was lean. I mean, I was 155 pounds, which was my lowest weight that I ever was in like high school, you know? And I was like, oh, wow, I'm back to that. I'm 40 years old and I'm back to my high school weight. You feel good about it. But I felt light. I felt a little bit light. And I, I forget you used to say something to me. It's like at your at your lightest, you'll feel your, your, your like you feel really kind of small at that point. And then I'm like, oh, I kind of want to, I want to yeah. put on some more size, you know? Yeah, I, I say at your leanest, you'll feel your smallest, but you'll look your most impressive, right? Yeah. Which is a weird, a weird concept. And, and this is, you know, part of why we're talking about this is this does take a little bit of trial and error and figuring out where you feel your best, where you, you know, have a combination of looking, feeling and performing your best, which ultimately doesn't necessarily happen right out of the gate. First phase is just getting rid of the body fat. Like, let's get control of that, which you did. And then it was like, okay, now what? Well, now what was, let's start to add some muscle, right? And I watched you, you know, go, all right, I'm going all in on adding muscle. And this is another, you know, psychology hack that we have to wrap our head around, right? When we add tissue, especially muscle, and we're really focused on it, that does sometimes come with some body fat, right? And yeah. so, 
And it's just the nature of things. You got to eat more food. Um, you're not as focused on, on, you know, burning calories. You're trying to use those calories to build muscle. So you went all in on building muscle. How much muscle did you add or how much weight did you add that first like big muscle building phase? Well, I'm a nerd, so I can, I can answer that directly. <laughs> um, I put on 15 pounds of muscle. Um, and I, I was very, uh, you know, my plan was, you know, very detailed, very organized. And I just hit it religiously every day. I put on 15 pounds of muscle, but I'd say I went from 155 to around like 185 is where I just said, okay, I'm going to stop here. And that was probably over, a, I would say a three month, three to four month period where I actively tried to put on muscle. But the one thing I would say, though, that's really interesting, and it's funny because I was talking to one of our clients, uh, one of our high-level clients that we brought on, business owner, the other day, and he got it that this is a long, this is a, a journey, right? It's a marathon. So I said, you know, when I got super lean, my body was ready to then take in the calories to then start building muscle. And, you know, to you know, speak freely, I mean, as a 40, now 41-year-old guy, it's super important to be trying to add a little bit of muscle every year because unfortunately I'm losing it every year as I get older. Right. So, you know, having that muscle building phase, it's not all about just being super, super lean all the time. It's trying to continue to have that, you know, long-term health. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, that ratio too of one pound of muscle, one pound of fat is pretty rock solid. Right. I think, as as guys get more experienced and as you get more experienced with adding muscle, that fat ratio, you know, gets gets cut back a little bit, right? You do start to add just a little bit of muscle, but less fat. But that first time that you're coming off of like really getting super lean, your body is primed to build muscle. It's more insulin sensitive. Like it's it's going to take those nutrients and, and use them. Plus, you know, you're, you're training consistently and you've probably, you know, really been focused for a while after getting lean. So it's a good time to just use those extra calories and really start packing on some size, right? So you did that, you get up to 180, 185-ish. We're going to now try to cut down again, right? So this is where I think the the dinner first starts to kind of form, right? This this protocol, because this is like the, the message here that I, I want to hear, I want a lot of guys to get is that we have to think about sustainability too, right? We have to think about, you know, it's not just about getting ripped and getting huge. It's like, yeah, that's awesome. But how can we put this stuff on repeat, right? To where it's just part of who we are. It's a lifestyle. And I think you and I have had these, these text exchanges over the past couple of years of like, the secret is kind of, it's kind of, it's, it's interesting, right? People are, are very dogmatic with their approach to nutrition. They're very, you know, cult-like when it comes to what they believe in. But I personally think and you'd agree because I know you've told me you agree because you've done it, but I think there's a time and place for different protocols, right? Absolutely. With a framework that we can kind of work with. And that's kind of what I look at dinner first as, but I want to, I want to touch on your next, like your next cut. Cause this is where I, I, I think I'm the most proud of your transformation is that you added a bunch of muscle and then we, we did a live event this year. We did, we've done three live events, by the way, together. So you, I've seen your physique, you know, progressively get better from one to the next to the next, right? But the most recent one, which was in March of 2023, mm -hmm. by now you've been in the program for two years at that point, right? Mm -hmm. You showed up in what I would consider to be contest level conditioning, which for those of you who don't know what that means, that's not getting lean, 
right? Getting lean is where you can see your abs and like, okay, cool. Yeah, guys, you know, guys fit. Like I would say very, very good shape, like awesome, right? Getting contest level ready is like a whole different animal, right? That requires some suffering. <laughs> yeah. I, call, I, I think it's when you have ab veins, that's, yes. like, that's contest lean. You know, that's, what, that's how I know. That's super, like, that's shredded. I, I mean, for if we're just being real, that's, that's shredded. Ripped is like, you can see my abs when I flex, they look good. But walking around, you know, you see some semblance of abs, but when you are shredded, you don't got to flex. It's like, good God, there's no body fat left, really, right? So let's talk about that real quick. I, I just want to talk about some of the things you did to go from like, you know, ripped, more muscle, then back to ripped, and now super shredded. What was like the, what were, what were the one or two things that you say made the biggest difference to get to that level of conditioning? Well, I, I don't want to jump ahead of ourselves here, but I mean, I think that's kind of where the real dinner first concept really kind of first started, you know, came to be. And, and just to give people a little bit of, you know, kind of background here, I actually got accepted to culinary school. It's cooking's always been something that I really enjoyed. Right. But I wanted to have a wife and, and children and I, I wanted to have a house and I wanted to enjoy the holidays. So I decided not to become a chef and I ended up working in finance. But um, for me, that was at the point where I had to say, okay, based on my, you know, I need to put in the work in the gym, obviously to maintain my muscle, but then how can I have a sustainable approach for my diet where I can get this level of lean while still having it be sustainable? Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to kind of look at my habits and everything like that. I had never been a breakfast person, just it, you know, unless I was going to a great Jersey, I'm in from New Jersey. So unless I'm going to a great New Jersey diner, you know, breakfast is not, not really important to me. And even with lunch, I mean, I'm working constantly for me. It was always just it kind of always gotten the way for me. Um, you know, and, and for me, when I, when I was really actively, you know, trying to get super lean, I wanted to feel when I ate, I wanted to feel full. So that's, was a big thing for me was I said, okay, if I can have the one big meal a day, it's really going to fill me up. It's going to hit the most of my macronutrients. It's going to hit a majority of my protein for the day. That's going to make me feel my best. And that's when I really, really, really kind of got it at that point where I said, okay, this is something now where I can know if I need to get super lean, if I dial this in here, I can, I can stay at this point. And then there's always room in the day to add more calories right depending on where you know where i'm at in my journey so that was the yeah. biggest thing for me is to really start to kind of backload my calories to like the end of the day when i was done my work day that was a big the switch that flipped for me yeah fasting uh most of the day has been a game changer for me too especially if i'm trying to get super lean i do go through phases where you know i eat earlier in the day not breakfast necessarily like i i wouldn't say I eat breakfast maybe at three, four times a year if I'm on vacation and stuff. But, um, you know, sometimes I'll have my first meal at noon, but most days it's around like three, maybe even later. Right. And some days, as you know, like we, we can go multiple days without food. And I think for a lot of guys hearing that they're like, Whoa, that sounds insane. Like, what do you think? That's starvation. Right. And what I would say is, well, I think the only reason you think that that's starvation is because you've you've been trained to think that you got to have food all the time, right? But the the majority of human history would show us that we haven't had this kind of access to food most of our lives. So our genetic coding isn't necessarily built for all these frequent feedings. In fact, I would say it's like you said, it slows us down, right? Where we're trying to work, trying to get things done, 
if we got to stop to eat every two hours or if we, we got to stop to eat twice in the first, you know, six hours of the day, it's like, what are we doing here? Right. Yeah. What I found, and I know you, you've told me too, that this has been a side effect, but I've actually, I actually feel better when I don't eat for, for extended periods of time. Right. Um, my, you know, I would say there's always that hump you got to get over sometimes if you haven't done a longer fast in a while, but if you get over that little hump of like little hunger cravings and stuff, all of a sudden you have like more energy yeah. and food becomes less of like a, a need or a requirement. You're almost like, why, why do I even care about food? Like what, what's the point? I don't need food right now, you know? Um, which of course makes getting lean super, super simple and easy in some cases, right? Where all of a sudden your one meal a day is filling enjoyable and you feel satisfied and you're like, man, I'm having trouble even hitting my total calorie needs because I'm only eating once a day. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like you said, it's different parts of, of, of the year, right? Like when I'm trying to build muscle, yeah, maybe I'll start eating a little bit earlier, but I know for me personally, I would say, you know, it's eating later in the day. is just better for me. The other thing too, that I would say that was really important that I learned. And now this is something that I'm super focused on now is how, like when the way I eat, when I eat, how I eat and what I'm eating, I'm trying to see how is that making my body feel and how does that make me perform, right? So I'm a lot more aware of what I'm putting into my body and then how is that going to make me feel? So that was the first time that that kind of clicked in my head where I said, okay, just because Josiah likes to eat this, this, and this, you know, doesn't make it that I should eat this, this, and this. I have to figure out what makes me feel my best and makes me perform my best. 100%. Yeah. And just like we said earlier, you know, this, this progression of this journey, right. That's taking place. You got the basics down. So now you're starting to fine tune the machine, right? You're like, okay, I know the movement muscle meals. Okay. That's cool. I got that. Okay. I know how to lose fat, know how to build some muscle, but now let me start making this like really optimized. Let's, let's, let's fine tune this bad boy and really make this thing click on all cylinders. Right. So, um, so you got super shredded, but this is where dinner first starts to become your, you know, your, your methodology of planning your day, planning how you're going to eat, structuring your, your lifestyle so that fitness becomes just part of who you are. Let's talk about dinner first. What is dinner first and how, you know, what, what, what is the, what is the parameter around it? And let's talk about the details of how you do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, for me, what it comes down to is, is dinner is, you know, typically in, you know, the United States is the largest meal of the day. It's the meal that I get to eat with my wife. It's the meal that I get to eat with my daughter. It's a meal that I get to enjoy with friends and family, right? That's like you always have a big family dinner, right? And that's something that really has become even more important to me as I've, you know, extended my family and I got to become part of my wife's big extended Italian family and Sunday dinner is a big deal. And when you start to think about your calories for the day, right, let's say it's 2000 calories, just as an example, you know, a good solid meal where you feel really good, you know, it could be around 1500 calories for the day. And you could say, wow, this is, you know, something that makes me feel full, makes me feel good. And you can hit basically all your macros in the day. So, I mean, people laugh at me all the time when I sit down and eat 20 ounces of steak and a pound of potatoes and, uh, and, and I'm, I'm happy and I'm full. And they're like, wow, that's a lot of food. It's like, 
yeah, it's dinner first. You know, when I start to think about, you know, my day, I think about what's the best meal of the day going to be for me. It's dinner. So for me, what I've always done and, and I, you know, I'm a big planner is I just always planned my dinner as the first meal of the day. I didn't wake up and say, okay, what am I going to eat for breakfast? Or what am I going to eat for lunch? I'm going to say, what's that big meal that I'm going to enjoy with my wife? I'm going to enjoy with my daughter. What are we going to have? What's the big, big time of the day that I'm going to eat? Mm. Let me plan that first. Let me plan that in a way that I'm going to be satiated, that I'm going to be full after, that I'm going to feel good after. And then the remainder of my calories that you guys program for me, then I can fill it in here and there. And a lot of times for me, you know, great example, dinner first, right? Yesterday, my dinner was I ate a pound of bison, ground bison. I had some eggs, a couple pieces of asparagus and a couple pieces of cheese. I was super, super full. I hit the majority of my protein and fats for the day. All my carbs, I left for a huge bowl of fruit that I sat on the couch and enjoyed watching a television show with my wife and ate a big bowl of fruit. Mm. That to me makes me feel great. You know, I was primed and, and ready to go for my workout this morning. I had a great pull, pull session this morning and, you know, I feel good. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. Yeah, I, I, uh, dinner has always been my number one meal of the day. And it makes sense, right? I mean, biologically and genetically and all the his historical habits that we've had as humans, you know, we, uh, we typically sit down to eat dinner uh, more than any other meal, right? Lunch and breakfast, like those are like made up concepts over like the past like a hundred years, you know, it's like you, you only have to eat breakfast because the cereal companies need to make money, you know? And so it's also important because it, it relieves us of guilt around missing you know, meals with family. I hear this from guys all the time who are like, I just want to be able to sit down and like have dinner with my wife, but I'm on this diet, you know, and I can't do it. And you're like, no, you totally can do it. Right. I think a point that you made that I, I want to touch on though, is this is really important for people listening. It's not just like eat a, a massive meal that whatever you want at night. Right. It's still focusing on highly nutrient dense foods. Like you said, bison, which is obviously packed with nutrients Eggs, probably the most nutritional, you know, valuably valuable food on, on the planet. Uh, some, some veggies and then fruit, right? I mean, those are healthy foods, but when eaten in large, large you know, amounts and quantities, man, they're so filling, you know, good luck. I always joke around like, like good luck getting fat, like eating just, you know, meat and fruit and veggies. You know, it's like, you'll never, it's impossible. You know, you get full. And, you, and you're so satiated, you're like, man, I can't even think about food right now. But meanwhile, the calorie count is way lower, right? You don't, you think you, it feels like you ate 5,000 calories, but maybe you only ate a thousand, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, once again, like this, this concept is, is just lifestyle wise, so friendly. And that's what we're really after here, right? Because yeah, you know, every diet out there, if you followed it religiously, keto, carnivore, you know, paleo, carb cycling, whatever, if you followed it to a T day in and day out, yes, you will get results 1000%. But how long can you stick with it, right? How long can you do this? It has to be something that you look at your day and say, man, this is like, this is just easy for me to implement no matter how much food I'm eating, what types of food I'm eating, the structure is sustainable. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with that more. You know, the one thing that I find really interesting, and I, I shared this the other day with some people, is I went to a party, pool party, I looked absolutely ripped. And, and one of these guys that was there at the party goes, 
you know, you probably just eat chicken and rice all day. And I was like, mm, not really. It was funny. My sister-in-law actually piped up and she goes, oh, no, he doesn't. Oh, no, he doesn't eat just right. You know, and then they proceed to see me eat. And, you know, the cool thing about the true transformation and the program that we have here is you can make it so that it fits your life. We will teach you the basic principles of it and then make it so it fits your life. I don't want to hear from people anymore that, oh, I have to make a separate meal than what my wife and children are eating, right? Mm. We should all as human beings be trying to eat like 90% of the time. Let's eat real food. Let's shop on the outside perimeter of the grocery store, right? Try to get as much of that in. And yes, there's definitely room for a cookie or two. There's definitely room for ice cream. There's definitely room for pizza, but give your body really what it needs. You know, I tell people all the time, tell me how good a cherry or a wa piece of watermelon or something tastes when you don't eat sugar for a week. Yeah. It'll taste like the sweetest thing in the world to you. And you're like, why am I not eating more cherries and watermelon? And I don't feel like crap the next day and my joints don't hurt. 1000%. And, and for the guys out there who, you know, maybe, maybe your kids are, you know, maybe they're picky or maybe they're like my boys who need a lot of just calories, right? Cause they play 15 sports, you know, they're running around for hours on end and they burn, you know, 20,000 calories a day, your wife has to make them these, you know, highly, uh, you know, high calorie meals to keep their weight on. Um, what's funny is like, I'll, I'll use dinner first as a concept for my, my life too, because, you know, I might make like, you know, my wife will make like a bunch of salmon or something right for dinner. And then she'll make like this little pasta, like casserole for the boys. And I'm like, that looks good. You know, like <laughs> it smells good. My wife makes this like highly addictive, uh, you know, calorie dense foods. Um, but they're not unhealthy, right? It's like ground beef, cheese, and pasta all mixed together, right? But with like dinner first, I could say, all right, I'm gonna have my salmon, which was you know pre-planned. And instead of me having like my three pounds of potatoes because you know I got to get my carbs in, I could have some of the pasta, right? And be totally fine. You know, like totally fine, like not gain any weight, not in fact lose weight if I'm trying to, um, without a problem. Why? Because 90% of my calories are from, you know, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at night, right? And I know there's going to be people out there who are like, well, what about digestion? Aren't you stuffed? Aren't you this? I'm going to say, yeah, <laughs> I am. And that's not a bad thing that I feel satiated, right? I don't feel bloated. I don't feel sick, but I feel satisfied. And like mentally, that's such an awesome feeling to wake up the next day, look in the mirror and be like totally ripped. And you just had like a 20 ounce ribeye the night before with golden potatoes that taste like a restaurant made them right and you're just like how is this possible but it's science and it's just a lifestyle that is sustainable that's actually enjoyable and you you do it long enough and you're like man why was i ever so caught up in trying to do things the hard way <laughs> i mean i i always say to people all the time what's one of the worst feelings in the world it's going to bed hungry like i can't I can't stand going to going to bed hungry. So for me, you know, we typically eat around five o'clock here at our house. But if I have my biggest meal of the day and then I can follow it up with a little snack before bed just to kind of tide me over, I go to bed feeling better. I sleep better. And then I wake up the next morning fueled up and ready to go to, to crush my workout. I love it. Yeah. And I, I know uh, OMAD, as they call it, one meal a day, right, has become another marketing hack. But I would say like, um, I, I call it one, I call it OMAD with two M's, <laughs> one main meal a day, right? Which is uh, enough flexibility where it's like, okay, we're going to have our big, big ass meal. And that's, that's going to be uh, the cornerstone of our day. 
you know, some days I need a little something before bed, right? Maybe it's a protein bar. Maybe it's a bowl of fruit. Um, maybe I need a little something before I take the boys to practice because it's, you know, it's five o'clock and I got a little, little hangry going on. Right. I might have a protein shake, right. Uh, or some Greek yogurt or something to tie me over, but I've given myself wiggle room because if I'm trying to eat, you know, 2,500 calories a day or whatever, if I'm on a cut, you know, I give myself 500 calories to kind of mess around with, but then I got 2000 calories for dinner. You know, that that's, and and maybe I don't even need all those 2000, maybe it's only 1500 that I need. And then I got another 500 if I need it. Right. But yeah, it's, it's uh it's a beautiful thing when you realize you're in control of your appetite, you know, your appetite does not control you. And that is a game changer, bro. It's a game changer. Um, we got to wrap. This has been awesome, but let me ask you this. Was there anything, cause I know we have dinner first. We're actually releasing, um, you might, it might be out by the time you listen to this, this podcast, or you might be getting this podcast as long uh, a part of our dinner first protocol as a bonus. But, um, we have the program coming out. It's going to outline everything from A to Z. You created it. It's it's awesome. This is like your first foray into uh, outlining how you do things. And I know it's going to help, you know, tens and hundreds of thousands of people at some point. But is there anything we didn't touch on that's an important part of the protocol of dinner first that you want people to kind of get a little taste of before we before we close out? Yeah, I, I would say the the one thing to just really think about is if you're constantly eating a little bits here and there throughout the day and snacking, it's just going to make you more hungry, right? And if you can push through that and then wait till you can actually sit down, not be eating on the go, not be eating in your car on the way to your kids practice and really sitting down and having a really good meal, taking a deep breath, enjoy your family's company and then truly savor and enjoy your food. It's a much different experience than trying to rush through eating every couple hours, right? Just to get it in, right? Because you think you have to be eating at this point. Because God forbid you eat, you know, God forbid you don't eat breakfast, you know? You, you know, you're all of a sudden you're going to lose all your gains, you know? Not the case. Not the case. <laughs> what What's your What's your number one way to push through like those little, those little hunger cravings? <laughs> I think there's two things, right? Is drink a bottle of water. I drink a ton of, uh, you know, of carbonated water that that's really helpful to me i think that's pushing it through for me that's the best things to drink and then you said something to me a long time ago and you you have lots of little things that stick with me right it's like if you're really really hungry eat an apple well i don't want to eat an apple well then you're not really that hungry right so it's like if you're not if you can't if you're so hungry that you need to eat something well eat something healthy you don't need a bag of chips just eat an apple oh you're not hungry for an apple well then you're not hungry that's you know, true. you know where I got that one from. That was from uh, me telling my kids that. <laughs> like, Dad, I need a snack. I'm like, Yeah, there's an apple right there. Some grapes. Well, right listen, Papa Bear, good advice. <laughs> but it, it applies to adults too, right? It's like if if grapes or apples or you know a piece of like an orange or something doesn't sound very good, you're definitely not hungry. You just have a a craving for something that you need to push through. Sparkling water. I was going to, I was going to say too, for me, and I, you've, you've been a, a proponent of this one that's really helped me remind myself of it too, is electrolytes, right? Oh, yeah. I think when we go throughout the day, even if we don't feel like we're sweating a lot, if we worked out, of course we sweat usually. Um, but throughout the day you're losing electrolytes. It's just natural sodium being the primary one that you lose, but you also lose potassium and magnesium. So dumping a little bit of electrolytes in some sparkling water or even just regular water Oh, it's a game changer. Like you feel energy almost right away from having those electrolytes replenish what you've lost. And that can also lead to less of an appetite 
and uh, more mental clarity and focus too and yeah. energy. So that's a, I would a just say, honestly, the biggest thing that I would tell people, like if you like one big takeaway from this is, you know, before you start thinking about food tomorrow, plan your dinner first. And I'm telling you, plan that out first and then fill in the rest of your day with your calories. It's a real game changer to the way you eat. So thanks so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you, brother.